Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here. I want to ask you to grab your Bibles. Meet me today in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5. We're going to drop down to verse 26. And I want us to receive the tithes and the offerings. And then we're going to jump into the message. And here we have the story of the prophet Elisha talking to his servant Gehazi. And Gehazi has made a major mistake in ministry. And I want you to see something as we read it. We want to keep it in context. And it's a powerful statement. Then he, that would be Elisha, said to him, said to Gehazi the servant, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? The man would be Naaman, the Syrian leader of the military, who's just been healed through the ministry of Elisha the prophet. Well, Naaman has left. But Gehazi took off in secret, running after him in order to pursue a gift. And he received some money, he received some clothing. But all of that was done in a very inappropriate way. It also broke some major rules of protocol, because you have a king. Uh, actually, you've got two kings in the middle of this dynamic relationship between uh, Elisha and this general of the Syrian army. So this has to be handled very delicately, and Gehazi didn't care about that. He wants that money, uh, even if it's going to cause a, a misinterpretation on somebody's side, and maybe a war could start or something like that. He doesn't care. He's in it for the money. And look what Elisha said to him, is it time to receive money? Wow. We understand that God wants us to prosper. We understand that God is very interested in our financial well-being, and that prosperity is something that is our inheritance in Christ. But my friends, you can't rush the Lord. You can't rush your harvest. You have to be willing to let God develop you in this area, and you have to be careful that you don't get in the flesh and rush ahead and try to make things happen when you're not supposed to be in that place just yet. Now, God will take you into that place of greater increase, of greater financial expansion, but don't try to force your way into it or do shady backroom deals in order to experience it or live in it now. The prophet again said, is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. When the Lord blesses you, when the Lord makes you rich, He doesn't add any sorrow with it. But if you endeavor to add money or stuff or possessions to your life in your own way, in your own timing, you're going to incur an unnecessary burden. And really, it will be a weight. And you'll feel it. And you'll be like, whew, well, I've got it, but now I've got to sustain it. Uh, I've got it, but I've got to somehow keep this rolling now. And now you have pressure. You have a weight upon your life. You have a burden that God never intended for you to carry. And if you would have waited maybe eight months, or maybe uh, four months, or maybe a year, you could, you could have stepped into it 
and done it with absolutely no strain. Why? Because when the Lord does it, everything is peaceful, everything is good, everything is blessed. It's it's all synced together with the Holy Spirit. But don't do like Gehazi did and get there too quick because you're trying to do it your own way, even if you have to break rules, even if you have to lie. And there, there's a lot of crookedness that's out there in the world today. Uh, we know that Jesus said, Satan is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so th- that's not something we like to think about when we wake up in the morning that really there's somebody out there trying to rip you off. But Satan is out there. And while our, our mind is on the Lord, we are still aware that we have to function in this earth and we want to be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. But you really do need to understand that there's a lot of crooked dealings out there. Uh, there are people c- who can help move you along faster if, you, if you're willing to play by their rules. Uh, but those are things why uh, today people are in prison. And also people are nervous and sweating and looking over their shoulder because they've done something wrong. And they're just, uh, you know, expecting at any moment they're going to get caught. And you never want to do things like that. Praise God. So the devil is a thief. He he wants to steal from you any time that you do it his way. If you if he can get you to follow his path, really what he's trying to do is he may say, "Hey, I'll help you get it sooner. I'll help you get it now. Come on, enjoy it now. You you've earned it. You deserve it. Get it now." Really, what he's trying to do is he's trying to rip you off, and you have to really watch out for that because he's a very good thief. He is such a good thief. He actually stole the entire planet from Adam. Stop and think about that for a moment. The devil is such a good thief, he, he stole the entire planet. So he's very, very good. And sometimes these are things that we don't like to think about. We just want to be all positive, which we are. We're people of faith. But you also have to be wise you have to know that there's an enemy. He does not have good plans for you. He would like to hurt you. He would like to uh, take from you. So don't do it his way. And you'll see a lot of his way expressed through the world system. Well, they'll say, you can have it now. Well, yeah, you can have it now for, you know, 28% interest, or you could have it now or this or that. And, uh, and, and so these things can really make a pull on uh, areas of our life that maybe there's something that you want or you like, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that you can't step into it right now with ease. Maybe you could get it, but it would be a real strain. Well, if it's a real strain like that, it's not time yet. You need to wait until the Lord lifts you in there with no strain, and then you can step into it. Now it's peaceful, and now it's good. So don't ruin or jeopardize the great financial future that God has for your life through some uh, form of short-circuited gain that you could experience right now. Praise God. Be very, very aware of these types of things because God wants you to be a happy person. God wants you to be blessed, but He has His own system and He honors His system. He honors His word. He honors His way of doing it. And so we have to conform with His way. I believe a lot of that is contained in what could be expressed as the kingdom of God, sometimes called the kingdom of heaven. And we are to pray that the kingdom, God's kingdom, come and be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Well, what is this kingdom? 
really it's God's way of doing things. And some people, they think they're smarter than God. They have their way, and they've got all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, uh, contraptions and conniptions to get you uh, uh, to where they say they, they can get you to. But you know what? It can cause a lot of misery, a lot of suffering in your life. Stop and think about it. The question again that Elisha asked Gehazi, is it time to receive money? Well, some people would say, yeah, no matter what, it's always the time. Well, remember the context also, he has made a major failure, and he has he's done a very grievous sin that really uh, disqualified uh, him from receiving the potential of walking in the leading prophetic mantle of, uh, of any prophet in Israel. So that's now fallen to the ground. Praise the Lord. By the way, if you'll just stick with the Lord, if you'll stick with the Lord, you'll end up in the full provision that God has for you. And you'll, you'll get there and you'll realize that really what God had for you was better than what you could have gotten even if you manipulated yourself. So what God has for you, I would suggest is probably better than what you're even thinking. So just stay patient keep moving forward, and you're going to get to that next level of blessing. You're going to get to that next uh, place of promotion. But don't force it. Don't try to rush God. Just be patient, and you'll get there. Um, I tell you what, when you move just a few chapters ahead, in just a short period of time ahead, uh, go to Second Kings chapter 8, and look at verse 9. And you, you just can't help but think, wow, I wish Gehazi would have hung in there. He really shot himself in the foot by rushing God's plan. And look at verse 9. So Haziel went to meet him, that would be Elisha, and took a present with him. Are you ready for the present? Here it is. Of every good thing of Damascus. Every good thing. And it's being carried on 40 camel loads. Okay, one man is having delivered to his house 40 camel loads of the very best that a, that a nation has to offer. I tell you what, there's not just 4K televisions on those camels, there's 8K televisions. <laughs> I don't know, maybe one of those camels is pulling a Bentley or something, I, I, I don't know. Well, Pastor Stephen, they didn't have all that back then, we, we understand that, but, but think of the magnitude, 40 camels, what's one guy going to do with 40 camels? One camel can carry 900 pounds. Uh, they're amazing animals, they can go they can go six or seven months in the desert without one drink of water. A marvelous engineering design of God. Absolutely amazing. Well, you could imagine 40 camels showing up. What's that? That's God's blessing, God's way, God's timing. Beyond what you could ever do in your own strength, beyond your own cunning, your own ability to, to manipulate, your own ability to figure out. No, it's just God. It's the God element, the, the God equation, often described in the Bible as the blessing. Praise the Lord. You don't need to cheat. You don't need to lie. You don't need to do crooked deals. You don't need to be dishonest. You just need to walk with the Lord, and the Lord will take you places that would even stretch your imagination. Praise God. All right. 
40 camels on the way to you. Be patient. Pastor Stephen, what should I do in the interim? I'm, uh, I'm tithing. Uh, what should I do? Well, let's talk a little bit about that today in today's message. But just don't rush. God's going to get you there. God's going to get you there. Uh, you know, I was, I was driving in the car with a very experienced salesman uh, years back. Uh, this was before I was married, working with a very good company. He was the outside salesman. I was the inside salesman. So he's out on the field covering multiple states. He's getting the buyers to buy the product because he's, he's a phenomenal salesman. And, and basically, I'm the inside sales. I'm the guy in the, uh, back at the office. When the calls come in, I'm taking all the calls that he's generated out in the field. So he and I had a good working relationship. And one time he... Uh, he took me on a trip with him. He said, hey, Stephen, I want you to meet a lot of our vendors, a lot of the buyers. I said, cool, let, you know, let me meet these guys. It'll help. That way I, I have a face to a name when they call in. So we had, we had a little road trip together. It was very enjoyable. Um, but he went to a church there in town that was a good, spirit-filled, charismatic church. And he, he, had, he had an encounter with the pastor that left him kind of frustrated. And he was telling me about it in the car. And he was, he was upset when he was telling me about it. And he said, um, he said, Stephen, um, he said, my pastor, he, he basically rebuked me on something. It, uh, not, not in a mean way, but he just told me that I did something wrong. And I, I don't agree with him. I said, well, you know, what, what happened? Well, I, I'm, I'm in my twenties. The, the salesman I'm riding with is, you know, he's got 15 years on me with age. So it's not like I can really, uh, you know, talk on the same level with him. He's way ahead of me financially. He's, he's already married. He's got kids and stuff. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to listen to him and see what he has to say. I can't like really advise him because he knows a lot more than I do. But he said, well, he said, I, I told my pastor what had, what had happened that uh, as a, you know, as a traveling uh, salesman, you know, I, I go from state to state, hotel to hotel. And I, I, I stayed at one hotel for several nights for four nights. And when I checked out, he said the bill was uh, $400 less than what it should have been. Well, he's going to use a company credit card to pay for that, but he, he, he uh, realized there was such a big discrepancy in price that uh, he's going to get that back later for the full amount. He's just going to report it. He, he, he had worked the numbers a little bit, but basically he walked out of there with uh, $400 in his pocket. And he had mentioned that to the pastor, and he had told the pastor, that's my blessing. The pastor said, no, that's not your blessing. The pastor said, you failed a test. You were dishonest. When you were given that receipt from the hotel, and you saw that she had made a mistake, and there, uh, you know, for $400 to their deficit, you should have turned right back around, and you should have told her that, that hey, this, I, you know, you, your numbers are wrong here. You must have missed a night or two. And he said, you didn't do that. And he said, you made it. He said, you made a mistake and you failed the test. And, you know, um, so this guy that I'm writing with, um, his name was John. He was so upset that the pastor had told him that. He said, well, Stephen, what do you think? <laughs> I said, well, uh, I said, well, I, I think, um, I think that if you were to flip the situation and you worked at the hotel and that was your hotel, uh, you wouldn't want somebody to do that to your receptionist or, you know, you wouldn't want somebody to uh, walk out knowing that a financial error had been made to your deficit. 
And so I didn't want to say too much because he's already mad at his pastor. I don't want to get him mad at me. And, you know, so it's kind of quiet for a while in the car as we drove around. But he, he knew by the Holy Spirit that he was off. But you know what? Those things, when you maybe, you, you know, he saved $400 and, you know, really should go to the company. But he was all even pocketing that. All these crooked things that people do, they think they're getting ahead. They're not getting ahead. They are, they are disconnecting from the covenant. That's why those people, they're always stressed out about money. Even if they make good money, it seems like they still don't have enough. And there is just, things aren't going well. Why? Crooked dealings. Crooked dealings. And that's what happened to Gehazi. Let there be no crooked dealing in you. Be a, shade, be a, be a straight shooter. And if you're in business and you're a straight shooter and you give honest deals, I'm telling you what, you, you will shine like a star on a dark night. Because there is so much crookedness and fraud out there that if you are honest and you are integrous, you will, st- you will shine like a star. I'm telling you that right now. Hallelujah. And you will move ahead. Praise the Lord. Father, I, I'm praying for your people. They're going to get into that promised land. But Father, they have to be willing to stay in sync with your Spirit along the way. Father, help them to overcome the temptations of the flesh to get it now. Help them to be patient. Help them to exercise the fruit of self-control. And Father, take them into the land of more than enough. And let the 40 camels show up at their house. Not so much 40 real camels, because then somebody's going to have to give them water. But Father, uh, 40 blessings, or however, a big boatload worthy of 40 blessings. Let it come in. Let it come in. And we thank you that it will. We thank you that it will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Some of you, you're still new in this. You're going to find out that as you keep walking with the Lord and obeying these principles, you're going to be shocked at how bulletproof this financial covenant with God is. You're going to be shocked at how much peace it brings into your life, and you'll never again have to identify with what so many in the world identify with, which is what they call the rat race. Why? You're no longer in a rat race. You're just blessed. Hallelujah. (laughs) The others out there, uh, you know, lying and cheating and crookedness and all that, that's called the rat race. And that's why it's like that, because they're all stressed out. And they're, you know, they're just doing whatever it takes to get money. A lot of those people, of course, the unbelievers don't know God. But you see a lot of Christians that they just don't have the covenant of finances unveiled to them. So they're just, they're feeling the heat just like the sinners are. And that, that is not your inheritance by any means in the Lord Jesus Christ. So connect with the covenant, the financial covenant that God has established. Praise God. It, it begins with the sowing of seed and is anchored to tithing. Praise the Lord. At this time, let's bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of God. Praise the Lord. A tithe is 10%. Any, any money coming into your life, uh, any, any money that even if you didn't earn it, if it's gift money, if it's an inheritance or something like that, 10% belongs to the Lord. Let's bring it into the storehouse of God and put God first. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can also sow seed. Uh, and when I'm talking about seed, I'm not necessarily talking about pumpkin seed or tomato seeds. I'm talking about money. Money can be sown as a seed. And just as you can sow seed and reap a harvest, you can do the same thing 
with sowing money as seed. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, those that are bringing in the tithes and offerings by mail, please send your tithes and offerings to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Those of you that like to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so. Our web website is encrypted. It is extremely safe. Uh, the giving process is extremely uh, high-tech and secure, and it's also very, very easy. So you can do that online. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there at any time and bring that into the storehouse of God. We are also on our current Faith Project. Our current project is the Ministry Aircraft Hangar, and uh, the Lord is moving us along. Praise God. Another website update was made uh, just a few hours ago as giving continues to come in, and so thank you uh, for everybody sewing into the aircraft hangar as we are preparing uh, for the future need of the aircraft for the ministry that we, that, and we have a need, praise the Lord. Uh, and I tell you what, we're going to be running with it all the time. So thank you for sewing into that. Praise God. That also is available on the internet website. If you would like to take a look at it, just go to stephenbrooks.org. There is a link called projects and you'll see the current project. Praise God. Father, bless your people as they bring the tithe and offerings into the storehouse. Bless your people, and take them there the right way into prosperity. Thank you, Father. Help them not to rush. Help them to be patient. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, uh, let me just say this before we jump into uh, the primary message today. Whenever you get a chunk of money that somehow comes in, maybe you get a big year-end bonus, maybe you had an inheritance come in or something like that, you have to be really careful because it seems like some things just pop up, and it is so easy to spend money in wrong places. And you could spend money, boom, just like that. You could spend $10,000 just like that, $50,000 just like that. And before you know it, you're, you, could, you could spend big chunks, 100000 just like that. And then a few days go by and you think, you know, I don't even know if I really even needed that thing. What, what, what happened to me? Well, it's just the enemy. He'll try to like throw these things before you and just, you know, and the flesh might think, oh, that would be fun. And so you have to really be disciplined. That is a part of walk, walking in financial prosperity. You have to be disciplined and uh, walk with the spirit so that your flesh is not controlling you. Praise God. Okay. Uh, today, I want to discuss the subject of coming before the Lord from a different angle, uh, trying a different approach. How about this? Trying a new approach. And let's talk about it today from the Gospel of Matthew. I, I still find this fascinating. Matthew chapter 15. Last Sunday we talked about praise and worship. And the Holy Spirit uh, would not let go of me concerning the importance of of this subject. This is one of the heavyweight subjects in the Bible. Um, I, I would suggest that instead of trying to figure out, you know, so much of who the Antichrist is or who the false prophet is, and I, I know that's fun to study eschatology. I like things like that too. But I would always say put the, put the focus on the major. And you can minor on the minor, 
but focus on the major. And one of the major things in the Bible that's very, very important is praise and worship. And, you know, we talked about last, last Sunday how praise is a lost key to victory. Well, I know a lot of people, they're still trying to figure out who the Antichrist is, and while they're trying to figure it out, they're, they're suffering all kinds of things in life with all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, needless difficulties and things like that. So uh, there's room to worship the Lord more. There's room to praise the Lord more. Who knows? Maybe if you praise and worship the Lord enough, maybe He'll show you who the uh, coming Antichrist is. But it's just a matter of putting things in order. First things first. First things first. You know, even the Lord's Prayer. It starts out so beautiful by saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So there is a hallowing of the name of God before really getting into the petitioning or the asking of things. And it is so easy to slip over into a place where all we do in prayer is just ask, ask, ask. And, and there's a place also where it's scriptural to ask. But with a lot of believers, it's just asking and asking and asking, and then uh, nothing happens, so throw in some crying and some begging, and then more asking and asking and asking. And it's just a massive long list of asking, asking, asking over and over. But the Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, very little time spent on that. Very little time spent in worshiping uh, your, your Abba Father and just saying, Father, I love you, I worship you. I'm happy to be awake this morning so I can just spend time with you. And I just want to start off my day by coming into your courts and coming into your presence with singing and rejoicing. Lord, I'm so happy today. And you know what? When you begin with worship, it makes everything sweet. Praise the Lord. So let's pick back up on this subject today. And we're talking about a different approach. We are in Matthew chapter 15. And let's drop down to verse 21. I'm not going to teach that long today because I've got another message coming to you uh, later tonight. I'm going to be uh, preaching and ministering in Orange, California tonight. And I'm going to endeavor to have that streamed as well. So you can get a double dose of the Word of God today. Praise God. Now, verse 21, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Well, everybody has needs. Sometimes the needs can be quite dramatic, quite urgent. I, I think it is possible to over-exaggerate a need and, you know, act like we need emergency care or critical care when maybe it's just a scratch. Maybe we just need to clean it, put a Band-Aid on it. But there are critical cases. I would justify her case as being uh, very urgent. Uh, this, this is something that would need to be dealt with. This is something that's not going to go away or get healed on its own. And also, uh, some cases, it's not like just anybody can handle that. Uh, you know, well, send them over there. They can take care of it. No, some are a, more of a specialized case, and it needs a special touch. Oh, Lord, Son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. Wow. That's amazing, and this is a principle. Uh, we're looking at a couple things here. Now, let me bring out this subject also. Um, you'll see in the Bible that Jesus is not moved by need, and I I know that that could ruffle somebody's feathers because 
you know, you hear about how loving Jesus is, how sweet Jesus is, and He is loving, uh, the most loving person uh, there is, and He's very sweet, but He's, he's still, He's not moved by your need. And, and that's something that you have to understand. And if you go through the gospel slowly and look at the miracles, you'll see that He's not moved by need, He's moved by faith. That's something that is a, that has to be understood as a basic understanding of what gets his attention. Because if Jesus strictly moved by need, then you would see him today moving in the most needy places among the most needy people. But yet you look at the most needy people and there is very little movement of the Spirit. There's very little miracles often. Why? He's not moved by need, he's moved by faith. Let's continue. He answered her not a word. <coughs> Excuse me. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. Well, this is, this is very interesting. The Lord's not responding, and now the twelve aren't responding. So, I mean, she's like totally hit a wall. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is, this is an important focus here for your vision. You can't do everything. This, this is important for ministers to know. You need to know who you're sent to. And you need to also know who you're not sent to. You cannot be sent to everybody. Jesus said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You can't, as a business person, try to uh, just do everything. Uh, you know, McDonald's, uh, some years back, they tried to sell pizza, and really they just got out of their vision. They're, they're not a pizza franchise. They can't, they can't do it as good as the other pizza companies can, and so they dropped they drop the pizza product, and for a good reason. Why? That's, that's not their vision. That's not what they excel at. So, you know, today we have over 7 billion people on the planet, and that, that's a lot of people. And we all have a lot of similarities. We've all got eyes. You, you, you've got eyes, but so do 7 billion other people. And you have, you have hands, and you have legs, but so does uh, everybody else on the planet. But yet there is something unique, though, about your vision, because we don't all have the same vision. So if you can identify your vision, you can identify your difference then you can really start to excel in the things that God has for you. Why? Because you're not out here wasting time doing things God never called you to do. And Jesus understood His, his mission, and He was very precise with that vision. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, that's, that's just like for the lady, God, it would seem like, okay, that's a wrap. You know, He's not even going to, He's not, first of all, He's not answering and now when he, we do get a response, he basically says, you're not on the agenda. You're not on my list. And, um, you know, so, sorry about that, but it's just, it's just the way it is. I've got to stay focused on my assignment, and you're not on the assignment. And this, this is where you have, to, you have to stop and think. If my approach is not working, if it if it's, has gone as far as it can go, and maybe it was good, I mean, it got you that far, at least you know, a report got to Jesus about the lady. I mean, she did say some nice things. She said, son of David, and that's pretty good for a Gentile woman to recognize what that phrase meant, meant that he's basically the Messiah. So although she's a Gentile, outside of the covenants of God, 
she still uh, seems to have grabbed some knowledge about this Messiah and believes that this man Jesus is the Messiah, of course, and he is. But even with the great need, even with, with her calling him son of David, she's hit the wall. And so when you've, when you've gone a certain distance and it's not working, then you need to change your approach. And there are some people that are watching me today. You love Jesus. I know you love Jesus, but your prayer has not yet been answered. And now you're uh, sometimes resorting to, you know, bawling and squalling and crying and, and maybe, uh, you know, laying on the floor. And uh, 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 maybe we should be honest. Maybe it's just a complaining session. Uh, I, uh, I'm not condemning anybody. I've had some of those in my uh, past experiences with the Lord, right? I thought I was maybe really bringing my case before the Lord. Really, all I was doing was just uh, complaining about my situation. And I was upset that God wasn't doing anything about it. Uh, but I've realized that if if a certain approach doesn't work, you, you need to do something completely different. You need a new approach. And that's what she did. And I pray that you catch the revelation of it. And that if you're in the same situation where the, the, the trouble is still there, the situation hasn't changed. I know you're using your faith. Okay. And I know you love the Lord, but I think sometimes we need to make a tweak. We need to make an adjustment so that we can, we can get to where we want to to be, and that's having the prayer answered. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25, then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. Okay, she worshiped him. I think there's a place where you just stop and you realize, God, I prayed so much about this. I know you've heard me because I know you're not deaf. So <laughs> I know you're fully aware and probably Lord, half the angels in heaven are aware of it as well. So Lord, this is not a matter of praying more. And you know, this is not a matter of getting more people to join the prayer team. Let's get 10 people. Let's get a hundred people on a prayer team. And then we'll really get God to do it as if we're trying to uh, twist God's arm to do what he already said he would do. Well, why is he not doing it? Let's pray more. Well, maybe, maybe we've already prayed enough. And there, there is a point where you can realize, I think I've depleted myself with prayer. As powerful as prayer is, and it doesn't mean I'm not going to pray anymore in the future, but you, put, you can put so much prayer on something that you realize, you step back and say, it's not responding to prayer, because if, if it did, it would work because we put a ton of prayer on it. So what are we going to do? I would suggest doing what she did. She came and worshiped him. I think there's a place where you stop praying and you don't need to do another 40 day fast. You just need to get before the Lord and maybe, maybe lay on the carpet. Maybe just, or, you know, whatever makes you comfortable. Sometimes it is good to just prostrate yourself before the Lord, lay before the Lord and say, God, I worship you. Abba Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, you're well aware of my needs. I've presented them to you, and I'm not here to bring that before you. Lord, I'm just here to, in advance, thank you for these things, because I believe you're going to do it, but I want to worship you. God, I praise you. You're so good. You're so mighty. Lord, thank you for my coffee this morning. Thank you for my breakfast. Father God, thank you for my, my wife, my children. Father, thank you for my cat, my dog. And just, just begin to worship the Lord. Begin to thank Him for everything. Because uh, Thanksgiving is very, very big with the Lord. Just like it is with you and I. If you do something very, very nice for people, uh, for a person, and there's very little uh, you know, feedback or response, almost like they don't care, 
you're, you're hesitant to do that again. So Thanksgiving is very, very big to the Lord, and you need to be thanking Him all the time. And so just begin to thank the Lord and begin to go into worship. Lord, I just want to worship You today. Lord, I thank You. You've, you've saved me. You've washed me with Your blood. And just begin to spend time before the Lord worshiping Him. Praise God. For some, I sense that mechanism of asking and asking. For some of you, it's going to be a hard, it's going to be hard to break. You've almost made a habit out of just asking and asking and asking. Uh, that it's probably ninety-five percent asking, five percent worship and praise. And I'm not saying you don't love the Lord. I know you love the Lord. You're saved and you love the Lord. But maybe this is something you just haven't been taught. Maybe you you didn't realize how important this is to the Lord. But I want you to understand, He is worthy of all of our praise. He is worthy for us to stop and to get on our knees and say, God, we worship you. We want to just take a time out and praise you because you're so good. Hallelujah. And maybe not call a prayer meeting, maybe just call a worship meeting and just come together and just everybody praise and worship the Lord together. I tell you what, the, those are very, very special times. Then she came and worshiped him. And I'm sure she did it in her own way. I, I don't know what she said, but she just basically, you know, came before the Lord and said, you know what, Lord, I really do worship you. And she just forgot about the demon possessed daughter. She forgot about her trouble, and she realized, you know what? He is the Messiah. He, he is worthy to be worshipped. And so after she had worshipped Him, then she said, Lord, help me. Maybe, maybe we don't even have the privilege or the right to say, Lord, help me, unless we've worshipped Him first. Maybe we've even come across a spiritual law here that we need to worship Him first before asking. Well, Pastor Stephen, God already knows how great He is. He already knows all of that. I mean, He is all of that. He, he knows it. Yes, but He likes to be told. He likes to be told. He likes to be worshipped. Oh, praise God. And it does something for us. It does something for us, too. It changes us. Hallelujah. In a, in a wonderful way. Lord, help me. But He answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the, to the little dogs. Really implied in the Greek, the little puppies. Well, Pastor Stephen, did, did he just call her a dog? Well, he is expressing the cultural view of that time. He, it's, it's also like a, a sweet catchphrase, like a little puppy. Uh, but even still, you don't really want to be identified as a puppy. That's, uh, th that's something that's really, you know... Uh, just just for on the side, something on the side. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. I think, I think it takes faith for the Lord to, to move and respond in our, on our behalf. But I think it takes faith to worship the Lord. Faith to worship the Lord when everything feels flat, when uh, maybe the devil says, you know, he's just not going to do it for you. You're not special. He'll do it for other, uh, maybe select ministers, but he won't do it for you. You know, and, and when you don't feel anything special, 
I, I really do believe it takes faith just to open your mouth when your flesh doesn't want to and doesn't feel like it, and just start worshiping the Lord. I believe that it's very, very important to do that. So with that with that faith and with that worship, the Lord basically says, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So the initial approach reached a dead end. It's just it wasn't it wasn't getting it wasn't getting through. So worship, worship brings you before the throne of God. Worship catches God's attention. Praise God. And praise also. Praise also just coming out of your mouth. This is something that we need to be living in more often. Pastor Stephen, I, I praise the Lord and worship the Lord in church. Yeah, but that's only a few hours out of a whole week. What about during the day? What about Tuesday afternoon, Thursday morning, you know, Friday night? I believe it should be something that is constantly flowing out of us. Now, I want to read a verse to you one more time. We looked at it last Sunday, but I want to read it. I think it's fascinating. I, I just want to give you something today to consider. I'm not going to, in essence, lead you into something I'm, I'm going to talk to you about, but I would, I would ask you to consider it, and if it's something that you really like, Maybe it's even something that you would like to step into between you and the Lord. Now, Psalm 34, it says, A psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. Even if you probably didn't know that whole story about David and Abimelech, you could probably just read that and think, wow, that must have been pretty tough for David. That doesn't sound good. And you're right, it's not. That was one of the lowest points of his life. And then, he writes verse 1 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I will bless the Lord at all times. I don't, I don't know if your soul, your soul is your emotions and your feelings. I don't know if your soul will ever say, I, I'm going to bless the Lord. Uh, because there's times your soul will, will not feel like it. Maybe it, it's had a, a tough day. Maybe your feelings were hurt or something like that. So it may not feel like doing that. And the flesh who knows about the flesh? You, you can't rely at all on the flesh. The flesh maybe just wants to eat ice cream and watch TV all the time. It's, it's not going to say, yeah, I, I feel like praising the Lord. But your spirit, out of your spirit, your spirit really wants to worship and praise. And so when David said, I will, that is his spirit speaking out, his soul agreeing with it, and his body uh, with the usage of his mouth and his tongue you know, yielding to that desire. And he says, I will. So you could do the same thing in your inner man, in your spirit. You could rise up and say, I am going to do this. Hallelujah. I'm going to do it right now, regardless of feelings or regardless of uh, maybe something kind of a negative report. I'm still going to do this. I will bless the Lord at all times. And when you start doing this, your troubles will begin to evaporate, and God will begin to dissolve those problems. They will begin to leave your life, and you'll begin to overcome every challenge. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. There was a time I, I pondered the Scriptures, and I thought, could it be possible to actually come into a covenant with God, a covenant of praise? where you just, 
you endeavor to make an agreement with the Lord where, Lord, I'm really going to do this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Lord, you inhabit the praises of your people. Uh, Lord, all these incredible promises uh, that are accessed through worship and through praise. Uh, Lord, I'd really like to step into this. And so I begin to wonder, Lord, could a person actually engage you in a covenant of praise and worship? I thought, Lord, I don't even know if that's possible. And so I remember uh, there was a time back when I just had thought about it and uh, meditated on it for about two weeks, real strong. Lord, Lord, is such a thing even biblical for a, for a man or a woman to come before you and for, for them to initiate that? Not so much God initiating a covenant with man, but man initiating a covenant with God saying, God, I would like to make a covenant with you, or I'm going to bless you at all times, and, and I'm going to praise you continually. Could, uh, could such a thing even be made with the Lord? And so for about two weeks, I had prayed about that and pondered about that, and I felt like one day I, I got a, a quickening surge of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will quicken you, and He'll make the Word living and alive to you. And I felt like the Lord wanted to speak to me, and I took my Bible, and uh, w- whenever that anointing happens and something like this happens, the Lord always speaks very accurately to me. I don't try to make it happen because it has to be by the Spirit, but when it's by the Spirit every single time, uh, it's, something, it's something amazing. And so I felt the quickening power of the Holy Spirit to open my Bible, and that the Lord would speak to me through a Scripture. Well, I didn't know where to open it, and so I just, I just kind of took it and just kind of sat it down, and it fell, it fell to a certain page, and it fell to Psalm 50, and it fell to uh, the verse 5, and I saw this Scripture illuminated by the Holy Spirit. It looked like it was embroidered by gold by the Holy Spirit. I couldn't even see anything else on the page. It's like my eyes were like a laser going right to this verse and it was framed in such a beautiful way, and this is what I saw. Gather my saints together, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. I said, oh God, I said it is possible for a man to make a covenant with you. I already knew that God could make a covenant with a man, but for a person, for you or I to make a covenant with God, I said, God, I'm, I said, I'm doing it. I'm making a covenant with you, a praise and worship. And I said, Lord, I don't know about others. If others want to grumble to complain or beg and squall and, and cry, I said, Lord, first of all, all that other stuff doesn't work anyhow. So I, I've, I've tried that bawling, squalling, crying. I've tried that. And so it doesn't even work. So I'm not going to do that. I want a new approach. I said, Lord, I want to be a covenant person. I want to make a covenant with you of praise and worship. And I remember the day that I entered into a covenant with God where I made an agreement with the God. What is it? What is a covenant? It's a deal between you and God that's, uh, that has well-defined terms, and it's sealed with an oath, an oath that you make and an oath that God makes. And then when that's done, that covenant becomes binding. Woohoo! Glory to God. And I remember, I remember the time that I made that covenant with God. And I said, Lord, I make this covenant with you, and I wrote it out. Anytime you ever make a covenant with God, you want to write it out. And I only have, have two covenants that I've ever written out with God, but this was one of them. And uh, I still have that paper today, but it was a covenant I made with the Lord to bless Him at all times, 
and to uh, let his praise be continually in my mouth. And oh, uh, has, has it been easy to walk in that covenant? No, which is why it says, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. <laughs> but oh, the, the revelations that God begins to open up to you when you are, when you understand covenant and when you have a covenant with God in these various areas. Wow. But it's a sacrifice. I, I remember the story. I, I think it was told by Kenneth Hagin Jr., uh, who oversees Rhema today uh, there in Broken Arrow, o, uh, Oklahoma, a wonderful pastor, a great man of God. But he talked about the time that he, uh, he had to tell his father, uh, Kenneth Hagin Sr., that somebody had broken into his father's house. Uh, I, I guess his dad didn't know yet. Uh, and somebody had to tell him, so it was, it was uh, Kenneth Hagin Jr. He had to go tell his dad that, uh, that his father's house has been broken into, and a lot of things were robbed and stolen. And he said, Dad, um, he said, I, I need to let you know that uh, the, your, your house was broken into, and they stole a lot of things. And the first thing out of Kenneth Hagin Sr.'s mouth was, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Uh, now you know with some the moment if they heard something like that tears are going to begin to roll bawling squalling God why did you let this happen to me and the whole time God didn't even do it the devil's over did it the devil's standing over in the corner laughing because he's a thief working through somebody who yielded him to steal and to be a thief and the devil's over there laughing he's especially laughing when people blame it on God because he's the one that actually did it and so it makes it even funnier for him but oh Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And of course, you know, the, the, the bigger picture today is that Kenneth Hagin Sr., he's in heaven now. So, so, so what if you had a few things stolen? What does it matter now when you're walking on streets of gold and you live in a, a beautiful mansion and you have, a, you have a vast reward? My friends, we really do need to be people of worship and praise. And you have to get real careful of what comes out of your mouth, especially, especially when you're treated wrong. Or if something that's hurtful is done to you, that uh, a, a lashing out doesn't occur. But you really maintain that covenant. It doesn't mean that you can't speak correction. It doesn't mean sometimes also that you can't get angry. But you really want to be careful that you stay in that covenant. Praise the Lord. Wow. Look at it again. Psalm 50, verse 5. Gather my saints together. And by the way, for those that do make covenants with God, there, there are gatherings in the Spirit. <laughs> Who's invited? Only covenant makers. That, that's, that's the invitation. You, you receive those invitations. I, I had an invitation given to me from the Lord one time. Uh, he told me this will happen uh, in the future. Uh, I've already been given the invite. Wow. Uh, I don't know when it's going to take place. He just told me to be ready for it. A certain uh, invitation uh, in the spirit realm for various saints. Gather my saints together to me. Those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Yes, you can make a covenant with God. Perhaps, perhaps you would like to prayerfully consider make a, making a covenant with God of praise and worship. You could even use Psalm 34, verse 1, as your covenant scripture. That's what I did. Or if you find another one, maybe that's, uh, uh, that kind of really catches you. You could use that. But this is something that you could step into. And when you, when you praise and worship the Lord, the Lord, the Lord turns defeats into victories. He turns negatives into positives. 
and he'll just he'll keep you he'll keep you winning all the time even even Jesus who had Judas stealing out of the money bag the Lord he was just so blessed it didn't even hinder the ministry and the, the Lord knew the whole time who the one was that was going to betray him so the only person hurting himself is Judas praise the Lord you're just too blessed you're just too blessed and if something it was done wrong to you, something was taken from you, you're just too blessed to keep on going. You just cannot go under because God just keeps that blessing on you, and you just keep increasing, and you stay in the joy of the Lord. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching today. I know that there is a group whose hearts have been touched to ponder and consider, perhaps coming into a covenant with you of praise and worship where they are people of praise, and they're going to begin to praise you every day of their life. And so, Father, I thank you that you're going to open the heavens over them, and you're going to do great and mighty miracles in their life. Father, I just pray that you give them further revelation about this covenant, and I just thank you that uh, your Holy Spirit would invite them into a covenant uh, made through uh, praise and worship. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. The reason I'm talking about this today is that some of you really need to consider a new approach because uh, prayer, fasting, uh, petition, uh, intercession, those all have a vital role to play. They, they are very important subjects in the Word of God. But if you if you don't understand praise and worship, you can still bump up into a place where the prayer's not being answered. And I just really sense that's where some of you are at. And there are some that you don't know the power in praise. You don't know the, the, the glory that's released, uh, the revelation, the blessing that's released through worship. And God wants to reveal Himself to you in a greater measure. And one of the, one of the, the paths that we take through that open door of knowing God more deeply is that door of praise and worship. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank You. We thank You. Let Your Spirit of praise and worship be upon us. We thank You, Father God. We thank You in the name of Jesus for all the great victories that You're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I sense Holy Spirit invitation coming into the hearts of many to step into this, to ponder this, consider it, and to step into it. And by the way, you can write your covenant with the Lord and just get a piece of paper if you want to do that, and a pen, and just, uh, you know, write, it, write out the, co the covenant pledge. Lord, I, I commit, I covenant to be a person who blesses you at all times, who uh, who praises you continually with my mouth. And then uh, put the date, sign your name, and uh, put a line for the Lord. And uh, in the Spirit, He'll sign His. Praise God. That's how you do it. It's just that simple. Let's take communion today as we celebrate the new covenant. Woo! Praise God. That has been sealed by the blood of Jesus our Savior. Grab yourself some grape juice, some unleavened bread. And let's, as a church family, take communion together. God's going to meet every one of your needs abundantly, abundantly according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, we now bless and consecrate the bread and the juice. We thank You that it is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. 
Father, we thank you that as we praise and worship you, revelation is going to come down like rain from heaven. Such a revelation of who you are, of your power, of your majesty, of your glory. It will be life transforming for many. So, Father, we thank you. We receive now the body of Jesus. We thank you, Father God. We feast at the covenant table, a feast that is so bountiful and that we eat from with such relaxation, even while in the presence of our enemies. We thank you, Father God. We enjoy all of your goodness. We receive now the body of Jesus together. Amen. Let's partake. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm thinking about our last, our last tour to Israel. When we went to Israel the last time, and we're going to get another tour again soon. So hang in there. It'll, it'll be, it'll be, Promote it before you know it. Praise God. We're going to go back to Israel, do another tour soon. But the last time we went, um, I think I counted up the songs on the tour, 11 days together, traveling together all around Israel. We sang over 200 songs. It was, it was probably way over 200, but I know for a fact <laughs> uh, that it was at least 200. Just praising God, praising God all the time. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't know if I want to go on a tour like that. I just want to sit and look out the window. Well, you, you probably should maybe go on a different tour. But if you want to go and you want to praise the Lord, and we go more than just a sightsee. We actually go to meet the Lord, the presence. The Lord will always come and meet us at one point on that trip with His presence. So we have a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun to praise and worship the Lord. We, we worship the Lord on Mount Carmel. We worship the Lord in Jerusalem. We worship the Lord on the Golan Heights. We worship the Lord at the Dead Sea. Hallelujah. And you can worship the Lord always, always right where you're at. Praise God. Blessed be the Lord forever. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that you wash all of our sins away. You cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we are determined to walk just as close to you as we possibly can. We ask you for more grace, more anointing, more strength. Thank you, Father. Draw us unto you, and we will run after you. Father, we receive the blood of Jesus with great thanksgiving, knowing the tremendous price he paid to shed his blood for us. Father, with thanksgiving we receive it, and all of its life-giving benefits in Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My friends, it might be time for a new approach. I believe we can always make room to praise and worship the Lord more. May you be found at the feet of Jesus, worshiping Him. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.